0: Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Bride of Peladon. Great Agador, dark beast of our ancestors,
1: hear my words, I pray. From out of the mists of legend, a man has returned to help us. Doctor, what was that?
2: Whatever it was, it didn't sound good.
3: (sighs) This is Ambassador Six. My ship
4: has been attacked. I require urgent assistance. The Doctor has always been a friend to Peladon.
5: I don't doubt it, but history
6: teaches us that death travels with the Doctor.
4: I need
2: manual control and I need it now.
3: If he resists arrest, kill him. Everyone, stand yourselves
7: down. We're going to crash.
1: Soon we will meet. Soon you will face your destiny.
0: Classic Doctors Brand New Adventures
5: we need to talk.
8: We've talked enough, Doctor. Are we there?
5: Journey's end, as requested.
8: Beauvais, 5th of October, 1930.
5: Five past two in the morning, that was it, wasn't it? There'll be no airship left, not anymore. She burned up in moments... Just blackened struts on a hillside like the ribcage of a whale that's dropped from the sky. Oh,
8: that'll do. Doors! Charlie, you're not
5: being practical.
8: Practical, be blowed, I'll get by.
5: You'll have so much to explain.
8: Well, my French isn't too shabby. Uncle Jacques, remember?
5: I remember. What stowaway?
8: <laughs> Doors! Tout de suite! I'm not going home, if that's what you're thinking. I'm not. So your web of time is safe. I'll find someone else to be. Don't you worry. I won't. I'll just sit and watch. Pick grapes or something. Picking grapes won't change a thing.
5: I know.
9: I'll move around from town to town, just watching, looking in.
5: Like a ghost. Like a tramp. Like a time lord. Oh, don't. Doors. <laughs> but this isn't... Journey's end, as requested. Singapore Harbour, New Year's Eve, 1930. This is where you were headed, wasn't it? before you met me.
8: The Singapore Hilton. No,
5: one better than that, just in case, you know, awkward encounters.
8: Oh, but I look like a tramp. And not the right sort of tramp for a place like this. What time is it? (laughs)
5: 11.59. The harbour's hardly changed since the East India Company set up shop. Steamers up from Jakarta bringing spices and teak Junk boats defying the South China Seas Smells of coffee and cuttlefish over the water
8: I could live without the cuttlefish
5: And firecrackers on New Year's Eve making dragon's tails in the air
8: <laughs> It's perfect, just perfect Give me a hug
7: <clears throat>
8: Nice I'm still leaving, them. I know If it won't make too much trouble you know, with the time Lords and all that.
5: I'll sort it out, don't you worry?
8: I'm gonna close my eyes now and count to ten and when I open them.
5: If that's what you want.
8: That's what I want. One, two three, four, five, six
5: oh, seven. skylines not what?
8: Uh, <laughs> oh. Telephones
10: oh, right. you got glass?
8: And one. <laughs> Mobile telephones
5: oh, No, that skyline's not right, too much glass and chrome
8: Fireworks, spelling out 2008
5: Two-oh-oh. 2008, not
8: 1931
5: Something's wrong oh,
8: Come off it You just couldn't do it, could you? Couldn't take the risk. Risk? Of leaving me in 1931. It's written all over your face.
5: Charlie, I don't follow.
8: I wasn't born yesterday, Doctor. You thought I wouldn't be able to resist it, didn't you? Going home to Mummy and Daddy, to Sissy and Peg, changing history.
5: No, no, that's not how it is at all. Well, you're
8: right. It'd have been hard. The hardest thing. And yes, I'd have been tempted every day for the rest of my
5: life. Edith. That's not your problem. You know
8: what? You win.
5: Charlie, listen to me. Listen, listen. Something is wrong with the TARDIS. Something has knocked her off course.
8: <laughs> Save it. Goodbye. No, no,
5: I can prove it. I can prove it. Just give me a minute. I'll prove it to you. One minute. Please.
8: Doctor, I'm leaving. Just
5: wait. There. I'll be one minute in the TARDIS.
8: Goodbye, Doctor.
5: One minute. One minute. Less now. Right. Earth. AD 2008, latitude 1 degrees 16.9 minutes north, longitude 103 degrees 50.8 minutes east. Well, the galactic positioning system's fire. What
7: now? Think. Think. Think! Room
4: 211, check. Mr. Byron, check. Still no reply, sir. Uh, hello? Still no reply, sir. Hello? Hello? Person here in need of assistance. One moment, sir. Yes? Oh, you spotted me. Do you have a pen? A pen? Long,
8: thin thing you write with. No, a proper pen. There's
4: always... A fountain pen. Thank you. Anything else? A roll of parchment, perhaps? That note paper will do perfectly well. We're here to help. Oh, Mr. Byron, sir. I have him now. Call for me. I'm passing you over.
11: Byron? Sure, no problem. Networks get jammed tight and I don't know what I You know, want to
4: it. leave that for a guest? Hang on.
11: Yeah, and my cousin's sheep farm just won Australian title.
4: Room number. Um, well, it's for a man called the Doctor. He'll be here any minute. You're
8: oh, serious? the Doctor. Sure. Right. You don't want to know Doctor Who? You are serious.
4: The Doctor has a permanent suite on floor six. I'm not sure that's him. They say he's had that it since long? 1872.
11: That's him. 5.3 South. Don't tell me. 43.3 East? Yo, beauty!
4: Who shall I say it's from? Charlie.
8: Charlotte Pollard. Thank you!
11: Whoa there, mate. Uh, excuse me, miss. What did that girl say her name was?
5: One minute, well, two, and guess what I found, Charlie. Charlie.
8: Hey, Mister. Hey, in a rickshaw. Where you going to, love? I haven't the faintest idea. Hey, eh? is that thing safe? Only been run over once. Well, mind how you go.
11: More often as those guys who do the running over.
8: <laughs> Hello.
11: You look lost, Miss Pollard.
8: Oh, more in need of direction than directions. What did you call me?
11: I was in reception just now.
8: Oh, and I didn't notice you. Nope. Damn. I'm Byron. Byron something or something Byron?
11: Just Byron.
8: Oh, no. (laughs) No. Don't be doing that to me. Doing what? You know, the whole intergalactic man of mystery thing.
11: Intergalactic?
8: I'm oh, sorry. Memo to self. Mysterious stranger's not necessarily alien.
11: <laughs> you've lost me.
8: And you've found me, Byron Byron. So then, where am I going?
11: Well, if you've nothing doing...
8: Nothing at all.
11: I have a 50-footer in the harbour.
8: <laughs> you mean a boat?
11: Yacht. Best view of Singapore is from the water.
8: And you're sure you're not from outer space? Darwin, miss. They've even got electricity now. Mm. (laughs) Well? Sorry, do I look like I need convincing?
11: In that case...
8: Oh, no, no rickshaw. As if. Your own pet taxi, how very, very.
11: After you. You all right?
8: I, uh... I think I've left something behind, that's all.
11: In the hotel? Well... No,
8: it doesn't matter. Aren't you the gentleman?
5: The jetty driver. Charlie, where are you going? You're in my way, mister. And you're abducting my friend. Oh. You know him.
8: I used to. Charlie? I left a message for you. Oh. This is Byron.
5: Byron something or something Byron? Don't worry,
11: I'm not intergalactic. You're sure about that? I'm in the import, export. You need a reference.
8: Goodbye, Doctor.
5: Driver, well, I'll wait for you then. What now? Message for Charlie. Charlie, I forgot. I found what sent the TARDIS adrift. Did you? A temporal hump. Of course. It's like a swelling in space-time caused by pressure in the event ridges. You should get that checked out, fella. No, I'm going to. It's about 300 miles out in the Karimata Strait. Latitude 0 degrees, 5.3 minutes south. Longitude 106 degrees. 43.3 minutes east. Go on. And the epicenter, ooh, 60 years back. 1942. Then about.
7: Oh,
11: no. 15th of January, 1942. Charlie, your boyfriend's a spaceman.
8: You're not, are you?
11: Your boyfriend?
8: A spaceman.
11: Don't be ridiculous.
8: <sighs> Hold on. Is that a gun in your pocket?
11: You bet. Doctor, you're coming with us. He is. He is. Watch up. <laughs> this is a turn up. Fancy. Driver. What now?
8: It was him with the rickshaw.
2: Uh, just find out what he wants. Uh, miss!
8: Miss! Me?
2: Nice lady. I have to tell you that my name is Detective Sergeant Yu from Durang Division. Uh, you get out of the car. Hello, you. Mr Byron.
8: So long as you're not planning on taking us down the station in that. Your friend, took.
2: Well, if you insist. What's the charge, you? Two pounds of plastic explosive under the chassis. Oh, a right. So sorry, Byron. You did not plant it there. No, but you didn't stop the gang who did, right? Smugglers blow up smugglers. No. Why should you care? Excuse me? You be quiet. You just saved your life, you and your wife's. Oi! Stand
5: aside, please. Mr. Byron is going for a drive now. Detective Sergeant you. my name is Smith. Byron here is no smuggler.
2: We are running out
5: of time. But I am... Um,
7: Doctor. You?
5: Me, you. In a galactic man and mystery. And I think you'll find that Interpol are tracking my every move, even now. The fellow behind the hot chestnut stand, I last saw him in Mumbai. Or was it Mama said? Mama, where? And as for DCI Pollard here.
11: <gasps> you knew.
5: I knew the second I saw you in that bar in Casablanca. You coppers always smell the same. Handcuffs, please.
8: Um, right.
5: Other pocket. I, I do not understand. Get with the program, you. She's been using Byron to get at me. But the worst of it is, she'll be wearing a wire. A wire? Found them. Kinky. That's right. Nice and tight. You don't want me getting away. You say she is wearing a wire? Of course. She'll have evidence that you stood by and let Byron burn. And he's her informer. How much time have we got?
2: Uh, not long. Uh, you, Byron, uh, get out of the car.
5: I'll make your mind up, you. The driver, too. Now... Everybody back away, slowly. What I'm going to do next is, with my free hand, I'm going to raise this special sonic device, aim it at the bonnet of the car, then... then... this. <laughs> well, I'm not hanging around.
9: See you later. Hey, wait! Go! Now what, Doctor?
5: In the absence of a cleverer idea...
9: Leg like it! No, 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 you
5: come
2: back! All of you! You are under arrest!
9: Doctor, I'm out of puff. That one. Doors, doors,
5: doors, doors, doors. Now, what did you do with the keys for these, Charlie?
9: Keys for the cuffs.
8: Well, there wasn't. Ha ha ha! Funny man. So, uh, is there a story to these handcuffs?
5: Harry Houdini had them once. Well, at least that's what Crippen thought.
8: (laughs) Hilarious. Oh, that's better.
5: So then, intergalactic mists of mystery, what do you make of it all? Of what? Well, temporal humps. Weird space-time events centred around the 15th of January 1942. And a man who knows its precise latitude and longitude. And who was all prepared to kidnap you.
8: No, no you don't. Don't you sucker me into joining you.
5: Would I? Might be fun.
8: I've made my mind up, Doctor. It might, mightn't it.
5: One last lap of glory for the team?
8: Then straight back to 1931.
5: If that's what you want. That's what I want. In which case, latitude 0 degrees, 5.3 minutes south, longitude 106 degrees, 43.3 minutes east. Here we come! After all, what can possibly go wrong? Plenty. Oh, ye of little faith.
1: One, two, three, four, and... Good morning.
11: And a happy new year
1: to you, too. Oh, another one. Baron dear, I trust you're not being bothersome? Bothersome? Me? Well, yes, more than four rings says you've something of vital importance to tell me. And don't let it be another dull death in the family.
11: You really are a prickly old
1: cactus, aren't you? At my age, dear, one can't spare the breath for pleasantries. Well, don't
11: then. And riddle me this. What's big and old and ugly and sit slap-bang in a caramata straight?
1: Well, there's a turn-up. <laughs>
11: there's a car in its way. You might want to fix your face.
1: It's all too late for
11: that. Oh, yeah. One other thing. Yes? I always wanted to say this. Are you ready to go back to Titanic?
1: Hilarious.
8: it is hello big empty boat oh nice piano bit dented Sorry. sorry couldn't resist besides there's no one here is it me or is the tuning off
5: it's off it isn't No-one here these last 66 years.
8: You mean we're not in 1942?
5: The TARDIS didn't fancy it. Ah, your temporal hump. I expect so. S.S. Batavia.
8: How did you know that? Life belt. Not the Mary Celeste, then?
5: Mary Celeste.
8: Mary Celeste. I suppose she was invaded by Daleks.
5: As a matter of fact. Am I boring you?
8: No, no, you carry on. Oh, look, Yeti footprints. Eh? Made you look, made you stare, made you lose your underwear. Through here. Skegness is so bracing. Come on, then. Out with the crackpot theory. January
5: 1942, Singapore is under siege. The Japanese are coming down to the Malay jungle, marching on the so-called impregnable fortress. Some even cycle. But the city is defenceless. Ever since, the Imperial Navy sunk the Repulse and the Prince of Wales. And? And this would have been one of the very last ships out of Singapore harbour better to face the torpedoes and dive bombers than the horrors of Changi jail. She'd have been bursting at the seams with desperate men and women and children.
8: Not a pleasure cruise, then. Well, hang on. If she was bursting at the seams, the obvious question is...
5: Yes, where indeed? Ah! Oh! Something wrong?
8: Oh, oh, my fingers. Oh, this acid on the handrail. Acid? Oh, I don't know, but it stings like the devil. Let though. me see. Nasty. Oh, Lord, you can see right
5: through. Yes, to the bone. Don't worry, it won't last on it. What? Go on. Better?
8: Well, for a bit.
5: I mean, you only got a touch. Should be stable now.
8: Yes, but what is it?
5: Corrosion. What, rust. Temporal corrosion. Oh, here we go. Just a fungal infection found in the vortex.
8: Well, I didn't bring it here.
5: No. Well,
8: hang on. The boat's been in the vortex?
5: Need to explain. Oh, no. It's spreading. It's eating our footsteps. Following our trail back. Back where? The
8: TARDIS! Tardis. A bit rusty in the joints, Doctor. That's well,
5: not funny. Temple corrosion, to TARDIS killer.
8: Then get those legs away.
5: Charlie, get off the dance floor.
8: Oh, oh how do you like that for a black bottom? Come on. But the floor's all corroded. Rot!
5: No, I can see it. The, the boards are rotten, that's all.
1: You're sure?
5: It's not too bad over here. You're sure? I'll prove it. See? Oh, wait, that doesn't sound... <laughs> ah. Ah! Doctor! Doctor? Down here. Are you all right? Do I look all right? Rope. It's a boat. There'll be rope. It'll be as rotted as the floor. Here, catch. Whew. You got it? There's spare cable under the console.
8: What, in the TARDIS?
5: Where'd you think? Well, I best hurry. I'll take your time, my donkey. How's she looking?
8: Mm, well, the paintwork's bubbling, kind of. Quick,
5: before it reaches the inner shell. Well, what happens then? The hands will kick in, probably.
8: The wattle what? Right. Cable, cable, cable. Ah. Oh. Blue or pink? Doesn't matter. Uh, well, hang on, it's all snarled up. Uh. Oh. Oh,
7: now what?
8: Doctor, what does this mean? Hostile action displacement system engaged. Oh, oh, no. The doors.
5: After all, what can possibly go wrong? Stupid, stupid doctor.
3: God in heaven, what's become of us? Pull yourself together,
10: that man. Kind of behavior's outright continental. Just share out your brandy, Borthwick. That'll keep him quiet. I suppose. Damn! All right, all right, gentlemen. Can't see in the dark, can I? It means the Japs
5: can't either. True,
10: true. Ooh. Call him. You all right, old man?
11: Ah, now, I ain't drinking in a morgue. Fellas, heads up! But the noise, the Japs... We're miles out now, and I've never seen such a miserable-looking bunch of poms. Not outside Buckingham Palace, leastways. Mr. Byron! Ah, stick it, Borthwick. We're far from home. We're far from dry, but run away. Smile! Come on, you too, young fella. What do you suggest? A sing song. <laughs> Why do you play? A little. And play, blast ya, play! Johnny Yin ain't keeping me quiet. Mm.
5: Right? Uh. This is an old convict song, I believe, so Mr. Byron might know it.
0: It goes something like, um Farewell to old England forever. Farewell to my rum culls as well. Farewell to the well-known old bailey, where I used for to cut such a swell.
11: Sing it to
0: re oh, li come on, chance! Singing
3: to re Sing it to re li doctor re li And for Botany Bay. There's the captain
0: as is our commander. There's the boatswain and all the ship's crew. There's the first and the second class passengers.
11: That's you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows
3: what we poor convicts go <laughs> the... Sing it to rely, rely, and Sing it to rely. Or...
8: bother you is this 1942 by any chance
11: well now seems we got a lady aboard (laughs) you oh there she is there oh would you believe it would you believe it back there pardon i said would you believe oh never mind the SS Batavia, back from the
1: dead. Woohoo! Well, quite. Pilot, take her down. Baron, dear? I said Baron, dear. Yeah? There's someone down there already on the foreign deck. What?
5: Oh, rabbits. Him. That's right, down here. Cooey! I don't mean to be stranded here for the rest of my unnatural life.
11: After you, little Miss Stoway.
8: Charlotte Pollard, actually. Thank you. Are you sure we've not met before?
11: Reckon I'd remember. I'm...
8: I know. Byron something or something Byron.
11: Well, now, if we have met, I didn't notice
8: you. Damn. Oh, don't you be doing that to me? Again. Are there no other women on this ship? But the doctor said... Who? Oh, it doesn't matter. Come here.
11: Where? Hmm. Oh, cosy. I'm
8: cold, and I've got something to tell you.
11: What's that, then?
8: There's a gun in my pocket.
11: Whoa, there!
8: So, Byron something, or something Byron... It's time to start talking.
11: That's just your fingers, little lady. Of course, I really do have a gun in my pocket.
8: Oh, you would. Man. Hang on, what's that?
11: Oh, oldest trick in the book.
8: No, that! Oh, rabbits, Johnny in! Johnny who? Down!
11: Oh!
5: I thought I'd be stuck here for I don't know how long. You can't imagine how pleased I am. Me too, Doctor. Over the
11: moon. Ain't we fellas? Fellas? Majority swagman. Curly, he's covered.
5: Curly, don't tell me these must be Larry and Mo. Hands on your head. Whatever you say.
1: Oh, must I?
5: It's all right. I've got
11: you.
1: Yes, and I've got my dignity. Doctor,
11: allow me to introduce my
1: mother hello hands on your head hello with my hands on my head i'm sorry boys you know they do get so overexcited i noticed and whom do i have the pleasure of addressing my name doctor is charlotte pollard miss pollard to you My name, Doctor, is Charlotte Pollard. Miss Pollard,
5: to you. No, you're not. Can't be. I beg your pardon? Same height, I suppose. Same eyes,
1: same chin, once. Baron, dear, where did you say you encountered this creature? How
5: old are you, if it's not a personal question? Ah, ho oh, oh, a nice one, mate. How
1: old are you? How old are you? 900 and... Oh, we're talking Earth years, aren't we? Breathtaking. I'm in my 85th year. I have no idea why I'm telling you that.
5: Oh, well, that's all right. My Charlotte Pollard was born on the day the Titanic sank. She'd be 96 now. She looks good on it. She does? Oh, she does, except... 18 and a half when I met her, three or four years relative messing around with me...
1: 21? Is he wittering at us or despite us?
5: He's playing us for fools, and we ain't
11: got the time. Curly, your guys need to start shifting the gear. On it.
5: time. Yes, if she... If she went back in time... Miss Pollard, when exactly was your 21st? Please, indulge me.
1: 1942.
5: 1942. The year this ship sailed. The year this ship vanished.
11: Lost without trace, except for a single survivor.
1: Picked up from a lonely lifeboat, cold, wet and amnesiac.
5: Me. 21 then, 85 now. Charlie?
11: She's away. Back to Bataan or wherever.
7: Get off me!
11: right down there.
8: Once you've got off me, I will be. Oh, there's a gun in your pocket, and it's sticking right in my ribs.
11: Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry about that.
8: Oh. Oh, that was a close one.
11: Uh, she was just taking a shot at us for the hell of it.
8: No harm done, then?
11: Ah, uh, She was a spotter. She'd be radioing our position now. There'd be a sub on the way.
9: Oh, that's not good, is it? Uh. Sir? Master Byron, sir?
11: Hey there, Seaman. Simons, isn't it?
9: That's
11: right, sir. That's the sir stuff, eh? Uh,
9: Captain wants you, sir. Uh, Mr Byron, I mean. Um, Said it was dead urgent. Your operator's dead. Who's this?
11: Yeah, turn my head, too. This shit. Well, I didn't mean... You want to watch this one, Charlie. He's got the eye, but I've got the hands. (laughs) Sir, the captain. Watch and learn, son.
9: Up here, is it? Sure. Hey, who invited you? Well, I could ask the same of you.
11: Fair play.
9: Sir, uh, should there be passengers on the bridge? Uh, She is a passenger, isn't she?
11: Quiet, mate.
5: I'm enjoying the view.
9: Do you mind?
1: What don't you remember, Miss Pollard? You are a bothersome pup. Aren't I, though? I was a passenger on the Batavia. When they picked me up, all I had was my name and a bad case of the post-traumatics. As I believe they call it now. And then? The Byron family looked after me. They hoped that one day I'd remember. But alas... And you don't remember me at all? I've never met you before in my life.
11: Okay, okay, stand Well back, everyone. Byron, uh, I do hope we're not
1: going to be left stranded. The
11: cop does not save on a rust farm like this. Be back in a couple of hours. Besides... There's always the doctor's boat. Isn't that right? I don't have a boat. You got yourself here somehow, you and your girlfriend. And Where is she, by the way? Miss Pollard, you mean. You're wearing my patience, mate. Your girlfriend's alias proved it. You know everything there is to know about this ship. Curly, check his pockets. Chief, you don't want to go looking in there. Trust me, mate, it's too cold a morning for a strip search.
2: Anything? They're kind of deep. He had a
11: pair of cuffs in there last night.
2: Ah! What, 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 what's this? But they
11: don't have mice in Australia. Sure, but we don't keep mousetraps primed in our pockets.
1: <laughs> Priceless. Do you know, Doctor, I'm warming to you. Oh, It hurts.
5: I told oh, you oh, not to go looking boy, in there. You think it's funny. No, but I think a person's private pockets are private. And if you will plunder a person's private pockets... And you
11: know all about plunder, pal. I'm sorry, I don't follow you. The Batavia is not yours to pillage. Now, my granddad chartered her out of Singapore. My granddad owned everything aboard. She's mine, in law. And I won't have some ponced-up pirate pit me to the post. Pirate? Well, you can't call it salvage. What's here to salvage?
1: Doctor, you know perfectly well this ship didn't carry refugees. The women and children, those that could, they left on the official boats.
11: But a certain breed of rich colonial fellas, they was jiggered if they was being left behind in Singapore.
1: Jiggered if they were leaving their antiques, their artworks, their cars, even their gold to the invading enemy.
11: That's right. Gold. Curly, quit your whimpering and get your guys together. We're going to crack open the hold of this tub, and we're going to go home rich.
10: Dead slow elmsman. Oi, mind how you go, mister.
3: I'm on the bridge, Captain, sir.
10: All right, boy, you're in the merchant marine, not the navy. Sir! what's this?
8: Who's this, if you don't mind?
10: I won't have women on my bridge. Won't have stowaways neither.
8: Or is it bad luck?
10: You bet it is, boy. This is Miss Pollard.
11: My boat? My rules. Oh good.
8: Thank you, Captain Bly. We're here to see about your operator, is that right?
10: Aye, he's here. <gasps> oh. Took one of them bullets right between the eyes. Messy, ain't it? My, that's horrible. Poor old Jim. Jin. Jin. You need to get your gizmo working. Can't. What do you mean, can't? I only ran this trip because you promised we'd be safe. You ran this trip, Rosie Pounds, and plenty of them.
8: What is this gizmo, anyhow? The big globe, what's it?
11: Don't look at me. I don't understand it. Jin here defected from the Japs with blueprints for this gizmo. Reckon it could guarantee the Batavia's safe passage, with no chances of getting sunk.
7: Oh,
8: so it's a sort of radar jamming system. You what? Well, I mean, that much is fairly obvious. This big globe, what's it, spins around and whips up some sort of dense magnetic field and... I'm sorry, am I getting too technical? No, 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 you go on. I mean, I'm no expert, but this stuff rubs off on you. I saw something similar once on Quaxon 4. Well, is that a ship? Oh, yes, and the cabling here helps bounce the field all over.
11: Oh, gin caught it an EM pulse, Reckon it'd bend light around the boat, making it, you know, invisible. The Yanks are working on something like it. In Philadelphia, he said... Only now he's dead,
10: and he was the only man... You who... had to work it, yeah.
8: But it'd be working now, if you powered it up. What? Flat battery, see?
10: So what do we do about it, miss?
8: How far away is that storm?
10: Not very.
8: Hmm, good. I've just had a flash of inspiration.
1: (laughs) Byron, dear, you'll do yourself a damage.
5: How do you open these compartments? It'll take more than a kick. There's six inches of reinforced metal here, and the mechanism's rusted shut. I will not be
11: denied. Curly! Chief! Fetch the you-know-what from up top. Both cases. Got ya. Team!
1: And what, prey is the you-know-what?
5: You'd best be getting yourself up top, too. Byron? The what, I assume, is the plastic explosive on deck. The real question is, how does he hope to blow a set of six-inch-thick, reinforced doors wide open without sinking the ship? Yeah, well, maybe I could bring it to port if I didn't know I had a rival organization up I my... I no organization, Byron. There's just me and Miss Pollard. Uh-huh. The
1: fake Miss Pollard. The
5: other Miss Pollard. Byron, I've no interest in booty. It's the mystery of this boat that bothers me. The only mystery is what was so valuable my granddad had to shut it up behind so much steel. What's this ship been doing these last 66 years? Why has she only shown up now? What happened here on the night of the 15th of January 1942? And, most important of all, what happened to you, Miss Pollard? I'm curious, I'll admit. I don't doubt it. You're 85. What are you going to do with the gold in the hold? I want to solve the mystery of you. I don't see your son making much progress on that
1: score, do you? I don't know why I don't just chuck you overboard. And you, mother... Baron, dear, how would you ever have found the Batavia if it hadn't been for me? My boat, my rules. Doctor, would you be so kind as to take this wrench and administer to my son the whack on the head he deserves?
5: (laughs) I'd like to see him
1: try. It's not my style, sorry. Oh, the decline of English manhood. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Come on, Doctor. He's out cold. You can't just leave him. Well, the Three Stooges will be back any minute. Doctor, I'm here to solve the mystery of me, as you put it. And I'm beginning to think you represent my very best chance of doing so. Maybe, but... Now, where do you suggest we start?
5: Ah, uh, well, uh, there's a mast I can't work out, an aerial above the bridge.
1: Jolly good. Shall we?
3: Moving, you fellows! Up, up, up!
10: The aerial needs to be higher still! March higher, and it's my men you'll be
8: using as lightning conductors! Oh, this is hopeless! Put a bit of effort on! Or do I have to shin up there and show you how it's done?
2: Careful with the crate, guys. (laughs) This stuff ain't gonna blow without the detonators, Curly. It ain't gonna blow at all if you get it wet, stupid. Hey, boss, you want us to start unpacking? Boss? He's out of it! don't know if he's breathing even. <laughs> You're not gonna give him mouth to mouth. You've got a better idea. <sighs> what are you trying to do? Kiss me? Oh, help me up. What happened? I didn't think that doctor guy would have it in him. It wasn't him, it was. <laughs> Where's Miss Pollard? That creep must have taken her hostage. Maybe. You guys drop that stuff. We're pairing off. I'll go with Mr. Byron. That doctor is gonna wish he was never born. Come
1: on! There! All it takes is a little backbone. So, my
5: backbone I'm worried about is my shoulder.
1: Tragic. Turn the light on, will you? Hmm. No power.
5: Interesting. It is? You knew where the switch was, without looking.
1: I suppose I did.
5: Miss Pollard, you've been on the bridge before. What else is submerged in your subconscious? Oh. Now, what's this? A big globe, what's it? A pulse generator. The Americans were working on something similar around about 1942, trying to bend light around an object, making it invisible across all possible spectra. I saw something similar once on Quaxon 4. Trouble is, it hardly ever works. Evidently. Only this one does. Residual energy traces just a few hours old. Tell me, was there a storm out
1: here last night? I like to listen to Wagner of an evening, not the shipping report. Shame, I've got a theory, you see. Hamagog. Someone's erected a mast outside to power this thing up.
5: The Batavia's been drifting for 66 years, but she's hardly ever spotted. Because every time a storm kicks up, the device gets powered up and she just disappears.
1: Except that need to have been a near constant storm for that to work. Oh. Why not see if it's blown a gasket or, or whatever? Good idea. No, not like that. Engage the port flange first.
5: Well now, Miss Pollard.
1: Oops. I rather think I did it again.
5: I rather think you did. Charlotte Pollard, why was it you were fiddling about with this machine in 1942?
3: Sodden
11: Strip off Simons will find you some dry things Sir? So? Don't rush
8: Belay that, Simons You'll be lucky
11: You'll catch your death
8: I'd sooner that
11: So, <laughs> when
10: is this machine going to be working? As Soon as we get lightning strike Well, that ain't good enough I'm sorry Listen
9: What is that? Echo sounder
10: Listen How deep 550 feet Oh rabbits
8: You mean There's a submarine
10: Johnny will see us any minute And when he does (whistles) Boom
5: (whistles) Boom Torpedoes That's done it Now
1: And the telegraph gives us what? Storm warnings?
5: The telegraph, Miss Pollard Is wired to the innards of this Big globe, what's it? Which gives us a log of its function. This is gibberish. It's mathematics. Look, refractive index here tells me. You. What? This is gibberish.
1: Incredible.
5: Unless, unless the vectors are calculated in. Double Dutch, I suppose. Four dimensions.
1: Don't move.
2: You so much as twitch, and I'll fill you with lead. Yeah, all right, Curly. Oh, it's you.
1: Oh, <gasps> Baron. Ouch. What you need is some vinegar and brown paper. And what you
5: need, Mother, is a oh, great... Oh, please, it's like the Australasian branch of the Borgers.
1: You should come to our family Christmas. Fascinating.
5: Would anybody like to know something important about this ship? Don't bother. Curly? Boss? Oh, sorry,
2: it's, it's the other guys. We'll answer them. Curly, come in. Is that you, Barnes? I can't reason. Oh, give it here. Get back! I'm warning you, get back on! Barnes?
1: This is Byron. Barnes, talk to me. I think Mr. Barnes has reached the limit of his conversation. The
5: doctor, if this is anything to do with you... Your associates are under fire. I suggest we go and look for them. I suggest you button it. Oh, just come on, will you?
7: How Mackle. Get away from the mob! Mar- I don't believe
9: it's working something's working oh, get that Simons oh, but, but this is gibberish oh, marvelous
11: Your master set up like a Christmas tree in a fireworks factory the Japs will be able to see us for miles around
8: well not for long I hope Byron you're bringing the wet in uh, sorry
11: Oh man I'm soaked
8: through perhaps you should step sir You what Simons I mean like Miss Pollard. Captain, would you consider putting bromide in the grog?
11: Ah, uh, is it supposed to be smoking like that? I doubt it. Turn it off, you fools! No, it's our only chance. Leave it be. Turn it off before it explodes! Leave it be. Well, if you won't, I will. Captain, no!
3: Ah! Oh, stop it. Somebody stop it. Simon's behind you. What? Fire axe!
9: Oh, aye, oh, oh. hey! aye. Underarm? Oh, uh, yes!
7: Yeah!
9: <gasps> oh, are you all right? Oh, did I do
11: something brave? Sure you did. Trouble is, the captain's Freud. And the boat? She's still a sitting duck. 720 feet. Oh, rabbits.
5: Oh, what? They're dead, Byron. Wriggled with bullets.
1: Barnes and the other guy? Dead.
5: Silly idiots.
1: Oh, Doctor, are we not at home to Mr. Tact?
2: Why? Because they were my mates, and it was your men killed them. I don't have any
11: men. Easy, Curly, easy. We ain't killing him. Thank you. Not here. We're killing him up top. Jig it if I'm dragging his corpse all that way just a chuck it overboard. Silly, stupid idiots. Come on, basic observation. The walls. The walls?
1: Ah...
5: Is someone going to enlighten me? Of
1: course. Bullet impact. Here, here, here.
5: Ricochets. It was their own bullets killed them, firing wildly in a closed area like this. You're right. Don't you teach your guys anything, Curly.
1: There is one question remaining. Astound me. What was it made them open fire in the first place?
11: <sighs> it's getting closer. Okay. Okay. I'm going to call for assistance.
9: Well, won't that give away our position?
11: The way things are, we're going to be sending out a Mayday soon enough. We call out a few minutes early. Could mean a few more lives get saved.
9: Are
8: you sure about this?
11: No, but I'm doing it anyway. Mayday? Mayday? This is steamship Batavia. About 300 miles out in the Karamata Strait. Latitude 0 degrees. 5.3 minutes south. Longitude, uh... 106 degrees. Uh, 43.3 minutes east. 43.3 minutes east. Urgent assistance required. Repeat. Urgent assistance required. We are under attack. We are. Byron. Psst. I reckon I can hear something. Yeah? Yeah, gotcha. Now speak up. Oh, speak up, dammit.
9: Stay! Sk- yeah! My oh, nice. hey, ears! Oh, oh! I think he's dead.
3: transmission has been received. Prepare to receive transmission.
9: Are we saved? Is is that what it means? I don't think so. Yes.
11: <gasps> Message received. Byron. Preparing to receive transmission.
9: No, Byron, no! Oh, it,
7: it... Get, get out, out! Get out! <laughs>
11: no! I hear... Further instruction required.
5: Something's wrong. No kidding. Your men were firing down towards the bulkhead of the hold. And? There's nothing there. No entrances, no exits, just a six-inch thick, immovable bulkhead. Which doesn't open.
1: Not from the outside, no. Oh, what
5: is this? Yeah, uh, could you spare us this
11: ghost ship stuff?
1: Who said anything about ghosts?
11: Okay, that doesn't. Curly? Take my mother and lock her in the brig Baron. I am not impressed It's for your own safety, mother dear Just in case the doctor does have men aboard And if I don't? Gonna need another pair of hands to help me set the charges And transport the loot up top You can't be serious Still? Take her away
1: Baron. don't shoot
3: dare Come on, miss
11: oh. I think she must have dropped you on the head as a baby Like she was ever around long enough Come on, get the case open. The gold in the hold is gonna be mine.
9: What's he doing?
8: Something to the innards of the pulse generator. But he knows nothing about the machine. Nothing. He's being instructed by that sound. Ah, give the girl a coconut. Girl? Oh. How did you know? Hmm. Let me guess life with Mater and Pater was such a drag and one day you thought oh, blow this, I'm off on an adventure next thing you're dragged up on a fantastic craft headed halfway across the world and thinking how do I get out of this it takes one to know one all right.
9: you mean you're really a boy no I am not Well it wasn't quite like that they sent me away to a finishing school I got out onto this trawler they found me hauled me up before the purser I couldn't understand what they were saying. They handed me these papers, made me sign. I didn't realise it was a contract. No. A three-year contract. <laughs> and I thought I was rubbish. I'm really Madeline.
8: Madeline Fairweather. Pleased to meet you. Oh. oh. hang on, that noise has stopped. Byron, what have you done in there?
11: There are amendments to the refractive index. The port flange recalibrated. There is no cause for alarm.
9: Oh, yes, there blimmin' is. Look!
11: A hostile submarine vessel, it is of no concern.
9: Are you mad? We're dead in the water.
11: Translation is beginning now.
9: That thing's working again.
11: Of course.
9: It's too late. The sub will have a sighting. We've got to warn the passengers. Charlie, come on.
11: Translation is beginning now. Five, four, three, two... Guess what, Doctor? We haven't sunk the ship. (coughs) (laughs) And that's an achievement? (coughs) You first. Really? Aren't you worried I'll run off with the gold in the hold? No, but if there is someone in there, I could use a human shield. Shift it!
9: We've got to warn them! Madeline! You're going to start a panic! Oh? Oh? And who made you the World Authority? Who are you, anyway? Shh! Oh, no! Charlie? Charlie, what was that? The TARDIS!
7: No, no! Well, there's
9: there's nothing there. That's the point. I, I don't follow. Oh, the hats again! Hostile action, something, something. It means it...
8: It means she's predicted a fatal event. Something inevitable.
3: Torpedoes! Torpedoes at 8 o'clock! Oh no!
8: It's too late. We're done for.
11: Translation imminent. Translating now. Yes! Come on, help me get them open. Oh, man, what's this? Books. Oh, look, Mary Shelley. Oh, nothing of value. Not to you, maybe. There's better stuff. Pass the next bulkhead. I read the manifest. There must be.
5: What was that? Something five foot four with a wrinkled hide and a vicious tongue you what your mother
1: here
5: you what's happened to
1: curly he's in the brig well if one will underestimate old ladies good
0: on you
5: <laughs> what was that past the next bulkhead it's coming from all around correction they're coming from all around oh no no. Just stick with me, Miss Pollard. Try not to panic.
1: But I remember. I remember what they are.
5: You pick them over, Mother. They're called
1: Cybermen. They're called Cybermen, aren't they? Yes. You win.
5: Possibly got wrong. stupid, stupid doctor.
6: Very good. I don't see why India, you have to say A and then the beach before you say, hang on, it's all snarled up. Yeah. I'll just, just go, hang on, it's all snarled, snarled up. up. Yep. 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 Okay. Hello, I'm Barbie Edwards, and I'm the director of The Girl Who Never Was. <laughs> okay, let's go for it, and running. All big Finnish stories are sort of individual stories, and you can listen to them in isolation, but... This is a rare occasion when there is a bleed-over from the previous story because, uh, obviously, the previous story is absolution and we lose carers. Um, and the Doctor and Charlie have a bit of a to-do at the end of that story about, you know, how much the Doctor really cares for his companions um, because, you know, the Doctor has to move on once. You know, he's lost many companions over the years. Um, either they've left or, or some of them have died. Um and uh, you know it's a he it's an unusual sort of dynamic that he has with each new companion uh, and we wanted to reflect that in a in a fairly true way rather than just starting again at the beginning of the next episode with a, oh here we are we're all fine again um so the sort of slightly dark ending to absolution bleeds into the beginning of of the girl who never was you don't need to have heard absolution before but you know charlie is basically she's had it she's not doesn't want to travel with the doctor anymore um she wants to go home and obviously going home means going back to Singapore. And that's where indeed where we go. Very good. Uh then we're going to do just the doctor one on a little bit on scene seventeen, which is page thirty five. Keep that piece of paper in order to give it back. <laughs>
8: Can I go and sit down then or is it... Hello, I'm India Fisher and I play Charlie Pollard.
6: India was very keen that we get this story right and certainly we were very keen and Alan Barnes, who created the character of Charlie, uh, was the one who came back to do this special story for her. I
8: was really glad when Nick did say, you know, Alan is going to write your final story because I knew I was in was in good hands because... Uh, he created Charlie and he did it. I've said before, and I still strongly believe that, you know, I didn't have to do anything as an actor. Charlie was there on the page, just leapt out at me. And so it was really lovely. It felt sort of like a homecoming. And there are some nice references to um, Storm Warning in it. And uh, yeah, as you say, it was a sort of made it a complete homogenous whole. And I, I liked that. And it's very emotional at the end. It made me cry a lot when I read it.
6: I think it's a cracking story, really, really um, good stuff. It's basically sort of the Manhattan Project meets Titanic, meets <laughs> meets anything, meets a, some big sort of Shakespearean tragedy with, to do with generations and, and things. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's an incredibly sort of fast-moving and exciting story, and uh, I think possibly one of the best casts I've ever assembled.
5: How's she looking? are oh, the paintwork's bubbling, kind of. Quick. Before it reaches the inner shell. Well, what happens then? The heads will kick in,
8: probably. We've had some amazing people in, and uh, and like you know, today we've got uh, Anne Massey and David Yip, and I'm just like, oh wow, you know, it's uh, I feel I'm not worthy, really.
5: Yeah, they always get posh turns. It's great, isn't it? Last year we had Kenneth Cranham. Uh, it was great. Anna Massey's in this morning, you know. So they're proper people, proper people. Yeah, as opposed to what Paul. What's the two ones joke? Two D ones. Hello,
11: my name's Danny Webb, and I'm playing, well, two characters, actually, Byron
6: and Byron Senior, and uh, Byron Senior is the father of Byron. I mean, I've always been a huge fan of, of Danny Webb. He's a really, really brilliant uh, actor, and such a nice man as well. He's you know, famed throughout the industry for being one of the nicest people to work with. Um, having said that, he'll probably, you know, murder me after lunch, and yeah, he loves Doctor Who, and wasn't he superb in those, just brilliant I thought they were brilliant stories. Um, that that 2 part was fantastic. And it's just so good when you see an actor of that calibre. Because often science fiction is very, very hard. And I think that's what they've done very well in the new television series of Doctor Who, is to get the casts right. Um, because it's you need to get really good actors to make it believable because there's so much against CG and there's so much sort of special effects and visual effects that happen within the shot and music and monsters. Um, and unless you get completely convincing lead characters, um, uh, you run the risk of, of it not being as effective as it could be. Um, so, I mean, brilliant to, to to get Danny back. Though I would say I was a fan of his before uh, <laughs> I saw him in Doctor Who. Like most people of my generation,
11: we were brought up on Doctor Who, so it was a great privilege, really, to be involved. In fact, I asked to be in it, so and they, they were very, very nice to give me a part. I missed out because I thought, God... I thought, you know, when the, the last series... Ended uh, ten or twelve years ago. Uh, that uh, that was it. No opportunity left. But then when they revived it, it was. Uh, I asked my agent to get me involved. So, but I sacrificed myself for the sake of humanity.
5: <laughs> so you go all sleep in your beds at night. The udes are not coming. Well, Danny was uh, was at the drama school I was at many moons ago. it it's great, you know. And what's more, that, you know, a lot of them they come and they've not done it before. And they, they all seem to leave going, oh, that was great, you know, what a great way of working, and, um, you know, can I do some more? We were involved
11: on Alien 3 together, and um, that was a little while ago now, 17 years ago. Yeah, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was great to see Paul again. Um, I mean, if anyone watches the Alien 3 uh, film with the extras, there's this extra scene there with Paul and myself and uh, and if you follow the logic of the film paul's still in the uh, in the hospital wing uh, truffed up in his uh, in his straitjacket. so <laughs> I, I remember it fondly i mean it's very hard work, and uh, the script was sort of coming off the of the facts. It would have been uh, the internet now, but then it was a fax, and uh, new you know pink pages, which are new, new bits of new writing coming every day. Uh, but it was it, for the actors. I don't think there was it wasn't troubled at all. Sigourney was fantastic, and uh, I think the is behind the scenes more really. When they when they decide how to cut it, it was. Uh, I mean, it, that's where it all went a bit pear
5: shaped, really. The period that that we worked on it, you know, for the initial couple of months went on. You know, we went on for six, eight months in the end. There was all kinds of shenanigans happening behind the scene, but you know, we were we weren't privy to that. We just had a laugh and what, you know and when this director was on the floor he insisted that we have a good time and we did it was a great shoot to work on it was a great you know we got good only good memories of it but of course you know they'd go home and there was all kinds of political rows you know fincher was very young 26 27 years old at the time um but you know it's big business you know, and there was lots of boardroom disputes and what have you but no, all in all, a happy shoot for us. I can just remember us all. There we were with shaved heads, all dressed as monks or something, sat round for weeks, you know, in a circle of chairs in Pinewood, looking at the property pages in the newspaper. You know, it was just one of those things. You know, we, we, we all got rebooked again as well. We, it, it went on for a long time. You know, I think most of us moved house at some point during the shoot. Yeah, but I was happy. We were all. It was a happy time. You know, and a great thing to work on. I was very lucky
11: with the final cut. I mean, I wasn't... As an actor, as a character, I came out of it very well, I must admit. In fact, my part was better <laughs> with the rewrites than it was initially. I think, again, I think the film suffers from the cuts. It was They made it one long chase movie where it was, it was, a, it was much more um, what was going to happen. The alien was free and doing various things, which I'm sure most... Uh, science fiction buffs would have probably read behind what, what, what the initial script was. But um, it was, uh, so yeah, so I think, and that was all studio. I was there when David Fincher, I was in L.A. doing um, some uh, ADR, which is basically revoicing and sound effect things. And he was late, he was an hour and a half late, and he, and he, and he eventually turned up and he apologised. He said, Danny, they want to cut my movie. I'm really sorry. You'll have to stay in LA for another 10 days. <laughs> and i like, yeah, that's tough, I'll do it. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, uh, so yeah, that was the meeting where they said the alien doesn't get caught in the middle of the movie. It doesn't get trapped. Because we actually had it, we trap it, and then it's and Paul's character, which I thought was much better, lets it go, it lets, allows it to escape. I think that's in the director's cut, I think that's been put back in. But uh, in the initial film, it, 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 we never caught it, so it was just like one long chase movie. A bit. It was when the Schwarzenegger movie came out, um, Terminator. It nice. was that long chase and all that morphing and stuff. Well, the justification the producers gave Fincher when I asked him why they want to cut, he said it makes the makes the uh, it makes the alien vulnerable. And you go, well, yeah, that's how the Sigourney character kicks his ass a few times because it is vulnerable. <laughs> I mean. That's that's what's happened in the last two movies, you know, but it has a, you know, it can be defeated, but it keeps coming
1: back. I'm Anna Massey and I'm playing Charlotte Pollard.
6: A pitch to the agent and I said, right, OK, because I know the agent quite well. Um, and I thought there's no way on earth we're going to get Anna Massey, uh, who is you know, one of the great dames of British theatre. Um, and uh, I thought, there's no way we're going to get here. So I thought, I've just got to go for it. And I said, right, what do you think? Anna Massey versus the Cybermen. Does that sound tempting? And the agent uh, sent me an email back and said, brilliant, I love you, I'm going to offer it to her now. Um, and uh, Anna obviously naturally wanted to see the script, and she read the script, and I think she, she loves the idea that you know she's playing effectively an action character. Um, and... Uh, I mean, she loves radio anyway, Anna Massey, because radio is... She has got the most perfect voice. In the same way that Amanda Root has got the most perfect period voice, uh, Anna Massey has also got the most perfect period voice.
1: I love all the mediums. I love I love filming. I love... Uh, television now is so very often on film, so it's almost the same. And I love the medium of radio. I think it's a very intimate and exciting medium. And... Uh, also involves the imagination of the listener and the imagination of the player, possibly more than any other.
6: I mean, I've always been a a fan of Anna Massey. I know I've spoken to Colin Baker about Anna Massey, and he's quite jealous uh, that he's not in one with Anna Massey because she is, I think, the reason that he went into acting. Mm -hmm. He loves Anna Massey. Um, So maybe we'll get her back to uh, do something with Colin.
1: This is quite new to me. I mean, I did Doctor Who, went, the very, very, very first Doctor Who, many, many, many years ago before you were born. I, I did watch a few of those, but uh, at its in, inception, in fact. But uh, I haven't followed it very carefully throughout the years, I have to say, but I'm loving being in this. I loved doing it. It, it. There's a lot of very amusing and original dialogue. I think these scripts are just great, really great. I've really enjoyed working on it.
6: Amanda is amazing. Everyone will recognise her voice. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily think she, that she's one of those names that people uh, recognise. People know her face and people know her voice, um, which is great because she can completely subsume her personality into into doing uh, audio. She loves doing radio work because she's got such a perfect voice for radio. And I, I, it's a tricky part because it's a young character. Um, and I'm not saying Amanda isn't young, but she's not 19, which is just how old the character is. But I spent some time listening to her voice clips and talking to her agent and, indeed, talking to Amanda. And she... The one thing that Amanda can do, which I think 99.99% of actresses in Britain can't do, is a perfect period voice. She has just nailed it. I mean, uh, she was brilliant in Persuasion, the big BBC thing, um, the Jane Austen adaptation. Um, And... Yeah, I do get a little bit uh, a little bit annoyed when a lot of actresses are cast in period adaptations who would be brilliant in modern pieces but don't quite have the period sensibility of the voice but Amanda has got it in spades and she I'm so pleased that she said yes to this because she sounds so young in her voice and yet she's got the maturity to be able to be very precise on the comic um nuances of the character and uh you know i'm just uh, i'm agog that that uh that she said yes and and just delighted also the part about madeline fairweather is that she obviously has to play a boy she pretends to be a boy for the whole of the first episode um and uh because amanda is so good at doing um voiceover work she can nail that precisely as well and make that convincing so uh, i mean it's a it's a delight to to have her
2: my name's David Yip, and I'm playing two parts. I'm playing Detective Sergeant Yu, who's a Singaporean uh, policeman, and I'm playing Curly, who's a, a villain.
6: It's one of these sort of actors who's never stopped working, um, but you often sort of, they often fall off the immediate radar. I know it's because, at the time, that was a very, very high-rating success, The Chinese Detective. Again, I was trying to think of a really good actor to play... Um, it was a difficult double I had to play a, a, a detective in um a, a sort of singapore detective um <laughs> so I didn't instantly think much, you know mm, who have i got who can be a great asian detective i know i'll get david jip uh but i i also wanted someone who could play quite a tough guard um quite a sort of the chief goon of um uh, of this salvage squad um and the great thing about david is that you know he was um he is very, very good at different accents. And, and um, so I thought it was a great opportunity to take advantage of the fact that he's one of the best Asian actors in Britain, um, but also to take advantage of that he's a great radio actor. And I thought, great, two roles, really tricky um, casting thing. And I was so delighted when, when David said, yeah, in the same way that I was, you know, that Natalie's uh, Natalie Mendoza is playing uh, the receptionist. I just thought, you know, th- it's very, very... We're very lucky in the fact that we've got a lot of talented actors and actresses in this country who can, you know, do lots of different accents. And you know, Natalie and uh, and David are are two of those sort of actors.
2: Born in Liverpool, uh, actually, I've lived I've lived out of Liverpool longer than I ever lived in it. But I've still got my brothers are still there. My uh, big family, big, big family connections. And as soon as I go back, I mean, or actually, well, Paul doesn't really have a Liverpool accent now. But if I hear it, I slip back into it. My wife's sister. I've only really got to be on the phone to one of my brothers, and you not going. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I could be in a a room with a hundred people, and uh, you can. After a while, you just you can spot. I'm sure you can spot me. It's just it's just the rhythm. and of course, I think when you're comfortable, or you maybe had a few drinks, you start relaxing, and that natural rhythm can, can, comes out. I mean, the way I speak, the way I speak, it's evolved over 35 years of being an actor. Because actually, when I went to drama school, I went to I went to E15 in the John Littlewood Drama School, and they said to me on basically the first week, they said, "Look." Uh, uh, you're from Liverpool. You're, you're you're half Chinese, and you've got a Scouse accent. You're a bit limited. You're going to limit yourself, so you better learn how not to do a Scouse accent. You can't change your looks, uh, but you know don't forget how to do it. Although I've got to say, actually, um, a couple of times I'm, I've done bits of uh, films and things in Liverpool, and, and uh, when I'm doing it seriously, I have to go back and just really get it, sharpen it up, because um, it, you do you do lose some of the fine edge. And actually, what, I suppose one of the great things you lose is that wonderful humour Scousers have. You know. But uh, I got my brothers for that anyway. I've never done one of these books books before, but it's great fun. The detective is is in, here in two scenes, and uh, and he's he's just confused by the whole situation. He doesn't understand the doctor, and Curly's one of those lovely characters. He's he's a villain. He's a villain. He doesn't have to think too much—not too much between his ears—but he's a loyal villain to his master. I don't get to play villains very much. I'm. I'm uh, for people who don't know me, I'm I'm five foot six and I'm quite reason to be slight. So I don't, and I'm sort of not villainish looking. But it's uh, I don't get to play many villains, and it's actually nice to actually you get get a sort of meaty. Because on radio you can get away with it, you know. Well, I'm going to kill you, like you know. <laughs> and, no, and no one can really go. I'll go away. <laughs> so uh, it's nice. It's nice to play villains.
11: think you're doing here but this boat is mine mine you understand no
1: it
3: belongs
1: to us restrain them. don't antagonize them Baron. can't you see they're dangerous
5: understatement of the century cyber you them. are to us how can this be
9: it's so bright it's so orange the torpedoes
8: i didn't hit But that's not important now. Not important? What's important is, what made the sea boil? Great Scott! What turned the skies red? Good heavens! What happened to this ship? Byron. The bridge. Come
5: on! I knew it! I knew you was after my boat! Byron, the Cybermen being here is as much a surprise to me as it is to you. Oh, come off it, mate. They know you. Look, they're rusted. Decrepit. They've been shut away down here so long their brains have rotted. They wouldn't know their mortal enemy from Adam, I hope. No. he is wholly organic. Dialogue with organics has no value. Organic? What are they? Health freaks? The ultimate health freaks. Everything replaced, everything inefficient or unwholesome, stripped out, cut away.
1: Is that so bad?
5: Beginning with feelings. They're hollowed out nothings. They're only imperative to survive. You are correct.
3: They must be recycled.
11: Oh, man, tin cans who squash people. That's
5: Ugh. about it. Byron, Miss Pollard, before we squander any advantage, this brief hiatus has given us. Mate like a wallaby with its backside on fire? You got it. Right.
1: Come on. Reverge to standard protocol.
3: Convert the humans. Conferred.
9: Byron! Byron!
11: Uh, wh- what? What do they make me do?
8: I don't know. Byron, don't you dare pass out on me! Ah, oh, What was that for? Byron, what happened? Where are we? I don't know. Think!
11: Uh we've been... Translated? The sub! 20
8: feet, but... There
11: oh, can't be four subs out there!
8: Six...
9: Eight? Twelve?
8: Those aren't submarines. They're something else. Hey!
9: Where do you think you're going?
8: Charlie! Everybody, stand by. Stand
3: by to repel borders!
11: <laughs> what do you mean, borders? I mean...
3: Okay,
9: what are they? Uh, divers? They can't be. They just can't... What are
8: they, woman? No, Cybermen! They're called Cybermen.
5: But where'd they come from? Out oh, of space, obviously. Obviously. All of them. Now we know what happened to the passengers. Oh. Are you all right?
1: No. No, I'm all through. Oh
5: ah, well. me Doctor! This woman is your mother.
1: And I raised him to survive. You go on. Good luck, Mother. Thanks for... Ah, uh, you know. I
5: know. Right, a fireman's lift. I've never actually done this before.
1: And don't start now, especially when there's a simpler solution. I'm not leaving you. Then you're a fool, but quite a handsome one. This way. That leads back to the hole. Shut turn. Stop,
3: you cannot escape us.
5: Our metal friends have a point, and right now I'm all out of escape plans. Really?
1: The TARDIS... But how did you... TARDIS, yes, that fits. You do have a key. I do.
3: You cannot escape.
1: Quickly, Doctor. Well, I ought to remember this. You mean you don't? It was the noise I remembered. I heard it on the way down from the brig. Ah, oh, wheezing and groaning. Doctor, I may be old, but I'm not so unfit. No,
5: the TARDIS noise.
1: Oh, Yes. Yes, wheezing and groaning.
5: Like a grampus, I'm told.
1: Ah, Riso's dolphin.
5: Very good. Now, she's defaulted back from... Yes, 1942, the 15th of January, 1942, when you heard her last.
1: When I was young.
5: Except this scan shows there's nothing there past 2.14 in the morning. That's why the TARDIS came back. I don't follow. Because that's when the Batavia disappeared. Disappeared to where? No, 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 no you don't get it. Those vectors... Were being calculated in four dimensions. The question is, disappeared to when? What is this noise?
10: Resistance, sir. Resistance. And the band played on.
3: desist. desist. Ah! Resistance is futile. What,
10: what, what, what do you want with us? Your bodies are needed. Bodies? What, what the devil do you mean by bodies?
4: The, are p- pirates in the white
9: slave trade.
10: Pirates, is it? <laughs> there ain't no women here. Cybermen,
3: do not discriminate by gender. Overlord. Oh,
8: you, Cyberman... Leave him alone.
3: What is the meaning of this?
8: I've come to parley. Me and the owner here. Byron! Uh,
11: You are sure about this?
8: Step
7: forward,
3: man! You are the owner of this vessel? Uh, uh, that's right. Ownership is irrelevant. You will all
10: be converted. Converted? He doesn't mean... Quiet,
3: you!
8: I have important information for your cyber leader.
3: You are aware of our hierarchy?
8: How? That's between me, you, and the Garazone system.
11: Oh, Now you're just making it up. Knowledge
3: of Cyberman operations in the Garazone system is restricted.
8: Not to me it's not. Now bring me your cyber leader. I'm saving what I have to say for the boss.
3: You will come, come with, with me.
8: I will not. Ow! Charlie!
2: Hey! Hey! Let me out! That daft old witch has locked me up in here! Oh, it's useless. Byron! Byron, mate! I'm in here! Careful, fella! Who are you? How do you know
3: we'll become like us?
2: No, get back! Get back! I said! No! No! No!
1: made it. Good, I think. How did you do that?
5: Uh, 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 Too many long words, sorry.
1: Hey, and how do you know to find me here? Well, for one thing, the bridge is the most easily defended position on the ship.
5: And for another, it's where the radio is. Uh, You won't get help that way. I'm not trying to. I'm tuning it into the TARDIS's own frequency. This is useful, Hal. Don't look at me. Uh, If I can slave the pulse generator here to the TARDIS's guidance system, I'm hoping I can use it to tow the Batavia through light space. Kind of. Kind of? I don't mean to take her terribly far. Well out of the reach of human civilization, of course. And then?
1: Why, he'll scuttle it, obviously.
5: Obviously. There. You know, that's a little piece of Bodger's art. All we need to do now is charge it up. You're going to sink my ship.
1: Glub, glub, glub.
11: With all my gold aboard. With all the Cybermen aboard. Yeah, figured it'd come to something like that. Guys. Guys. Your
1: activities run counter to the interests
5: of the race, Byron, you idiot
1: The doctor came back to save you More fool him Restrain them You keep your oily paws off
5: Don't struggle, they're strong You'll only do yourself a damage Right then, back downstairs Organ replacement time, is it? I warn you, Cyberman, I'll be twice the work. No! The
3: Cybermen have need of your
5: abilities. My what? Enough. Yeah, people.
3: Move! You will enter the
8: bridge. Oh, right! I know the way. I've been in and out of here all day. Well, Cyberleader, please. You will address the Cyber Planner. What, this? Well, it looks like bric-a-brac.
7: You have no legit
3: cyberman strategy. Elaborate.
8: Nope, I'm sorry. That's not a face. I don't talk to anything without a face.
3: Elaborate.
4: All
8: right, no need to get the cyber thumb screws out. My name's Charlotte Pollard. I met you lot before in the Garazone
3: system. Assertion unreasonable. Humans in your time zone incapable of interstellar trouble.
8: Oh, really? Tell me, what is this time
3: zone? Current time zone corresponds to the year 500,000. You have been translated from the local date RIM 942, micro unit RIM 15. Humankind had not then achieved interstellar travel.
8: Ah, but what if I'd been translated to 1942 in the first place? In the same way you translated the Batavia to 500,000, perhaps. Which was? Cyberman searched no
7: media
3: wavelengths for indications of high technology. E.M. Pulse detected at this location, sourced from 1942. Cyberman used Pulse wavelength to transmit control signal back. To Byron! And
8: that's how he knew how to modify the machine. Correct.
3: Light bending technology not dissimilar to matter transmission technology. Minor modifications only required to translate vectors of this vessel through space-time.
8: I'd call that pretty major myself. It's a thing I don't quite understand, Cyber Planner, is why?
3: A Cyberman Time Squad was dispatched into the future... Test flight through space time vertex curtailed when Cyberman vessel was subject to systems failure. Cyberman vessel forced to make emergency exit of space time vertex.
8: couldn't you call for, you know, backup?
3: Cyber distress signal went unanswered, reasons
7: unknown.
8: Oh, they'd taken the phone off the hook. But what's the value in transporting a boatload of TOFs into the future? Plan has new
3: priority to re-establish cyber race. Earth of local year 500,000 deserted due to solar flare activity.
8: Yes, it does seem rather hot. Humans from
3: 1942 will be converted into Cybermen, then transported back. Mission to establish cybernetic conversion facilities in 1942?
8: But that'd mean changing history.
3: Correct.
9: Iron? Are you alright? Here, sit down.
11: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got got a real thumper of a
10: headache and... Oh, damn, it's hot. Infernal, isn't it? Wouldn't surprise me if we were in hell. Perhaps, perhaps it's our just ribble.
9: Well, how do you work that out? Your
3: conference is irrelevant.
9: (laughs) Then you won't care if we talk. This
3: is logical.
9: Thank you. Come on, it's not as bad as all that. You
10: think? Me, I owned a rubber plantation. Like the rest of these brave British chaps we ran away when the Japanese advanced. Took all our worldly goods with us. Books and paintings, cars, jewellery, and everything we could manage. But you know what's not aboard this brute? Does it matter? Our servants, our faithful Malays, housekeepers and houseboys and plantation workers. We left them all to the mercy of the Japs.
9: Byron! Mm. Byron, wake up! Come on, you big Aussie drongo! Oh, what's the matter with him? Subject was conduit for cyber
3: control signal. Cyber control signal causes deterioration of unaugmented brain. Brain function is terminally prejudiced.
1: He will die. Oh, thank you. My ankles are swelling up. Cybernetic will alleviate difficulty. And no waiting list. You can see to my hip while you're at it.
5: Careful, they're made of iron, but they don't do irony. No, really? The
1: doctor will
5: advance... Into the lion's den. Hello. You are familiar with cyber technology.
1: You will reactivate our cyber planner. That's a cyber planner looks more like...
5: brick a Well,
1: I was going to say a modern art
5: installation. I don't know much about art, but I know what I don't like.
1: Oh! Dismember the woman. Oh, help! Doctor!
5: Pack it in, all right? I can't imagine why you can't do this yourselves. Cyber activation protocols inaccessible. Why not call the Telos helpline? Not surprised that it cost a fortune from here. That's it, isn't it? You're stuck here. A whole army of you all without the faintest idea what to do next. Um, Amended protocols must be ratified by Cyber Planner. Oh, so you do have a plan. You will
7: reactivate the
5: Cyber Planner. Doctor! Done. That's it? Easy when you know how. Okay, job
11: done. Now, get your sorry silver backsides off my boat. Hey, are you listening?
5: I doubt they ever were.
11: Now, we had a deal. Time our
3: planet will ratify our mandated protocols. Protocols submitted for analysis. novices. waiting response.
5: T-R-E-L-E-L-E-A-D.
7: Response is
5: meaningless. We're about for Botany Bay. What is the meaning of this? Spot of temporal corrosion, I'm afraid. Do what? Rust in the brain pan. She's not wrong. Must be why it went into hibernation in the first place. Cyber so unable to ratify amended protocol.
3: Default to standard protocol. Convert
5: the humans. Byron, you remember how you said there was nothing of value here? Yeah. Well, I did spot the one case that looked interesting. Yes, and? I couldn't understand why it hadn't been touched. It makes sense now. Here, catch! Up. What is that? Oh, man. Gold. Gold! Take a bar, Miss Pollard. You see, the one thing that's lethal to Cybermen is gold.
1: You're serious? Fact.
5: So, back off, Cybermen. Cybermen retreat! The TARDIS, quick. No, oh, no, no, we've got to transport the gold.
11: Uh, uh, Cyberman, stop them. They're going to scuttle the ship. Release that, oh, 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 yeah, sure. <laughs> Forgot. Uh, happy? Take
3: him, convert him, convert no. him like no, 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 please, no. No, he's going to sink the ship. No, no, you've got to listen to me.
11: No, stop it, no.
9: Byron, come on. Uh, Step out of it, Byron.
11: Who is Byron? Uh,
9: Byron? Byron!
3: Brain function has ceased. What the devil's that? Rust?
9: Rust doesn't move.
3: Corrosion is of alien origin. Transmitting details to Cyber Planner... The nature of operations must be certified and operate.
8: Tell you what, pop on the kettle and we can have a good old natter about it, eh, old times?
3: Cyberman, commence corrosive procedures. Ah, my fingers! Right superstructure. well, I
8: could have told you that! It was everywhere back in 2008! You
3: have boarded this vessel in the future! Go,
8: release me and I'll tell you!
3: Agreed.
8: Oh, thank
3: you. plan there is corrosion in my digits! Shouldn't have tried to break my
8: fingers, should you?
3: You correct the corrosion here. I think I must have. Cyberman, destroy her, destroy her at once. I cannot my joints have, fail my joints have!
8: Nasty! Do you know Cyberplanner? I'd say I got you at my mercy.
3: No. Right, Cyberman, protect your Cyberplanner, Oh, uh,
8: no, you don't! Cyberplanner, infected with temporary corrosion. That didn't leave me much choice, did you? Immediate
3: action required. Fact Cyberplanner, imperiled by TEMPORAL corrosion. Action. Transverse Cyberplanner, consciousness into suit, temporary vessel.
8: Ugh. Hmm, I don't like the sound of that. Download and
3: set up better consciousness now! <laughs> oh, no. P- Please, you can't do this to me! Super subject for cyber-conversion. Commits initial stage. Oh, man, you can't! You yeah, kill me! Cyber conversion <laughs> device is functioning correctly. <laughs> Witness. Previous occupant of cyber conversion device. What? Oh no. No.
2: Curly? Confirm. Cyber conversion device is functioning correctly.
7: Oh god. No. No. <laughs>
5: Right, we're all set up here. Pulse generator is in perfect phase with the TARDIS's guidance systems. She'll kickstart the device soon as I dematerialize. Well, do it, then. All I've got to do is find the right place to translate us to. Timber
1: to Shangri-La, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. There,
5: got it. Spitsbergen.
1: What's a Spitsbergen?
5: Well, what's 75 miles north-northeast of Spitsbergen at this precise moment in space-time, in fact?
1: Amaze me.
5: I will.
3: Generator activated, we are being translated.
5: All right, then, I'll show you, but you'll have to be quick. Oh,
1: no. Destroy them,
5: destroy them
1: at once.
5: Too late, pal, you've been translated. For
1: heaven's sake, it's right in front of you. Iceberg.
5: You see, what's 75 miles north, northeast of Spitsbergen is the biggest iceberg in open water since the Titanic went down? You will stand as muscle clear. Too late. Brace yourselves. <laughs>
7: What is
3: happening? The hull is breached. Emergency, emergency.
11: All cybermen to repair hull breach. Confirm. Seal
3: the hull. Imperative, seal the
1: hull. I don't believe you just did that. I don't quite believe it myself. It's just... Byron. I know. I'm so sorry. What's wrong with me? I can't even cry for him.
5: You will. But first, there's somewhere we have to go. Go? Singapore Harbour, 1931, and then, if you like, we'll go on. There's so many more places to see, Charlie. I'm just sorry we missed out on those 66 years. Oh, Charlie, it's such a big universe. And now I get to show it to you all over again. No, Oh, well. If you're sure. No.
1: I mean I've remembered something. Curly. Who? Curly, the chap I locked up in the brig. You can't imagine he's... Doctor, we can't just leave him to drown. Oh, this is madness.
5: Utter madness! The brig is just round the corner. We can make it. I can make it. You're going nowhere. Right. Deep
1: breath now. I'm not a mermaid. No. You're something altogether more fantastic. Doctor? Doctor, is that you?
5: Ah. You. I know you,
3: Mother. No, Baron. Please,
7: Baron. <laughs>
9: This is no good. We're all just waiting to die.
10: What do you propose we do about it?
9: Here. Cyberman. here. You
3: will continue to
9: await convergence. But you've got to see this. That corrosion of yours, look, it's in the piano.
3: Corrosion not
9: present.
3: Why do you lie?
9: Now, Bothwick, the lead!
10: Is that enough, you think?
7: No,
9: again!
5: Charlie? Charlie, the door was open. He wasn't
1: there. He's got a chance. Charlie. They say your whole life rushes before you. They're right.
5: You're wounded. We'll get you to the TARDIS sick
1: bay. It was Byron, Doctor. I-, I didn't see where he went. Hush now. I'm trying to work out that fireman's lift. A- my whole life before my eyes. The first 21 included. Oh, but wasn't it the best?
5: You and me, with Orson
1: Welles, remember No. No, my name is not Charlotte
5: Pollard. Char- Charlie, Char- you must hold on. Remember.
1: My name is Madeline. Madeline Fairweather. I was with her all those many years ago. Charlie, Charlotte Pollard, on this boat. All those many years ago. I'm so sorry.
5: What happened to Charlie, please? So sorry. No, 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 no! don't die. You have to tell me. Tell me what happened. Please. Please,
10: please. Is it
9: dead? I should think so. All of you, listen to me. We're going to make our way out to the lifeboats. Well, find anything you can to use as a weapon. Table leg, a fire axe, a piano wire, make a garrote, anything.
3: Resistance is futile. Here they come.
9: I'll pull out of them, chaps. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Leader, this rebellion
3: is crushed. Awaiting instructions.
8: Leader? i am their leader you will all be converted charlie you will become like me I am their leader. You will all be converted. Charlie! You will become like me. Charlie, what have they done to you? I am improved. My mind is clear. Soon my body will be augmented. Charlie, you have to fight it! My Cybermen are fitting conversion apparatus below deck. You will not have long to wait. I'll die first. That would be wasteful. Cyberman, restrain her. God. Ah! You will watch my conversion. You will see your fear is unreasonable. Then you will follow. Oh
9: god, somebody save us. Won't somebody save us, please?
8: Cyber conversion is your salvation. It will be extended to all of your kind. Here in your future, then in your past. Oh,
4: please! Please! Please!
3: Hallelujah! Yes. Report spontaneous oh, oh, electrical discharge from mast cord heart see St. Elmo's fire, cyber lady. It's a sight. Update pulse generator reactivated. Translation beginning.
8: Impossible.
3: Shut it down. It's happening again. We're being translated.
8: Update local dateline.
9: 1942 micro unit 115 You can open your eyes now Borthwick We're home yeah. It's 1942 again Cause to be ascertained Everyone listen We've made it back home
3: It is irrelevant Conversions will continue We're
9: home when we're alive It means there's hope
5: Hope is a corruption of probable outcome
9: It has no
5: value You sure about that? The devil Devil angel depends on your perspective I am the doctor
9: Charlie's friend
5: You must be Madeline Fairweather Think you're barking up the wrong tree there
9: Quiet How do you know my name?
5: Later Now Charlie I reckon it's about time we gave these Cybermen something to think about I'm thinking Escape strategy seven.
8: Escape strategy will not succeed. Come
5: on, the old diversion and counter-diversion. It's a classic. Never fails.
9: Cybermen. Yes, leader.
5: Leader? Charlie, that's brilliant. How did you pull that off?
9: She's not bluffing, Doctor. She's not? They've taken her
8: over. This man is an enemy of the cyber race. Cybermen, disable him.
5: Ah... In which case, back off.
8: That's my goal.
5: And your name is? Morthwick, Colonel. Retired. Funny, I always took this nasty little signature to read A. Hitler. Uh, now that I can explain. I'm not remotely interested.
9: Doctor, what now?
5: Everyone file past me, nice and orderly. I'll ward them off. No. Charlie, I don't know what it is they've done to you, but you are coming too.
8: No. The weakness of the cyber race does not apply to me. (coughs) Doctor! This gold will be disposed of. Cybermen, advance. Wait,
5: wait, 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 wait. Don't you want to know how I managed to translate the Batavia back?
8: This was your doing.
5: Well, well, having been clever enough to tow the future Batavia by TARDIS to another space-time location, I scanned this latitude and longitude for the characteristic signature of an EM pulse. And would you know, I found one in the year 500,002. Is he quite right in the head, this chap? Be
3: quiet. All I had to
5: do then was broadcast a reactivation protocol into the future, and, well, here we all are.
3: Update.
8: Cause of spontaneous translation recorded. Cybermen, continue with conversions.
5: You will move to the hall. Doctor! Wait, wait, what I didn't tell you is, I had to make one small but crucial modification to the translation vectors. The time is ten past two and thirty seconds. So? So I shifted the translation vectors about half a mile off to avoid the ship being struck by a pair of Japanese torpedoes.
8: This is another escape strategy. Keep them talking. It will not succeed. Meaning
5: those torpedoes are now, what, 50 yards off the starboard bow? You're
9: not serious.
8: They
5: cruised straight past her original location, but here they are again. Thought I might need a distraction. Brace yourselves.
8: Confirm. Torpedoes to starboard. Initiate evasive action.
5: Escape strategy three with a dash of four. Hold on tight. Report.
8: Hull is breached in two places. She'll
5: be taking on water fast.
8: All Cybermen. New protocol. Repair hull breach. Carter, do I take it to mean this ship's sinking?
5: Afraid so, unless the Cybermen get a shift on.
10: Blathering, idiot! What about our loot?
5: You won't be seeing that again, Borthwick. Do exactly as I tell you, and I'll try to see you escape with your lives. Oh, no, Doctor.
10: It's every man for himself. You fellows to the lifeboats, follow me. No! <sighs> <sighs> That's right. Cast the down from the cradle. Not so fast. Steady.
5: Steady. All of you, stop. Stop now. Stop. Because I've seen the future and none of you, none of you will live if you jump ship like this. Stay and I'll do my best to find a way to save you. Gentlemen, we'll have to jump for it. It's only 20 feet or so. Ready?
10: Three, two, one. Geronimo! Ah. Come on in! The water's lovely! Do you
9: really move? No! How can you be so sure, Doctor? It can't be so very far to land. They
5: won't make it, Madeline. As only one person escapes that way. You.
9: Oh, Doctor, you're hurting me! I'm
5: saving you.
9: But the lifeboat! There's one other. I can't row it alone!
5: The web of time says different. Trust me.
9: On my arms,
5: Doctor!
10: You fellows! It's in and out!
5: This isn't the boat race, both. We come back before it's too late.
9: Idiots. They're not good men, Doctor. If it makes any difference.
5: Good or bad, the web of time doesn't care. Now for Charlie. Come on, the bridge. What was that? The mine, I expect. I warned them. Coast's clear. Now.
9: What are you looking for? The World Service? The
5: Cybermen's own control frequency.
9: Oh, a bit further. That's what they used to take over Byron, wasn't it?
5: Byron? Oh, you mean his grandfather. Yes, I expect. Uh Aha. What happened to him, by the way?
9: Well, his brain sort of collapsed. It did what? Cyber control signal causes deterioration of unaugmented brain. That's what they said. Come on! Shouldn't you be getting on with whatever it is you're doing? Cybermen,
8: seize them.
5: I'm walking away. I'm walking away, all right?
8: You thought you could save Charlotte Pollard by overwriting the Cyber Planner protocols imprinted on her brain. But her brain will be dead within the hour. Her synapses wither as I speak.
5: But then you will die too, Cyber Planner.
8: Fact. Human brain incapable of sustaining cyber consciousness. Fact. Time Lord Brain, capable of sustaining cyber-consciousness. Kill the girl. She has no value. (laughs) Doctor, you said I'd
9: be safe!
5: You were there in the future. You can't die now.
8: Is that what he told you? He said the Web of Time would protect me. He lied. Charlotte Pollard fell through the Web of Time. Charlotte Pollard died and still lived. The future can always be changed destroy her.
7: No!
3: This is futile.
5: Cyberplanner, prepare to receive transmission. Your name is Charlotte Pollard. Are you receiving me? Your name is Charlotte Pollard. My
3: name is Charlotte Pollard. My name is Charlotte
5: Pollard. Pollard. Oh dear, Cyberplanner, your Cybermen seem a bit confused. Hadn't you better do something about that?
8: All Cybermen, listen to me. Retreat to beyond range of control transmissions. The hold
5: would be good, it's lead lined.
8: Retreat to the hold and await further instructions.
5: However, about... this order cannot be countermanded just to be on the safe side.
8: This order cannot... cannot be countermanded. No! Cyberplanner will not be manipulated. I am the Cyber Planner. I... I... I...
5: Your name is Charlotte Pollard repeat. Your name is Charlotte Pollard.
8: Message received. Transmission complete.
5: Charlie, are you there? Charlie?
9: Doctor, is that you?
5: Yes. Madeline, help me with her. Madeline?
9: There is no Madeline here. My name is Charlotte Pollard. I beg your pardon?
7: Oh, No.
3: seal the hold wait the cyber planner is not accounted for cyber planner's instructions cannot be countermanded seal the hold and await further instructions
5: and there they will remain until that fool Byron wakes them up in 2008 translated between 1942 and five hundred thousand and two. every time there's a storm
9: Everything in its right place.
5: Not quite.
9: My name is Charlotte Pollard. This order cannot be countermanded. Charlotte Pollard.
5: Ready on your side? Ready. Take the strain. And...
9: Oh. Oh. Are
5: you sure she's going to be all right? Web of Time says so. A single survivor picked up from a lonely lifeboat. Cold, wet and amnesiac. I wonder wonder what if that's the way to save your life
8: (laughs) it needs saving then
5: the control signal burnt out byron's brain madeline she just got a touch of it and it destroyed her memory because it's a neural worm it uses the memory to exert its influence over the brain now if you were a time lord you'd just pop yourself into a coma for a bit while your brain got on with cauterizing the affected sections itself
8: and that'd be all right would
5: it? you might lose a few hours worth of memory not much but you're not a time lord, are you? Nope. So we need a blunt instrument.
8: What, like a hammer?
5: A fob watch.
8: <laughs> Hypnosis? Are you qualified?
5: I taught Freud, the technique. It won't hurt. But I need to make you forget. Before it's too late. Forget? What, today? Further back.
8: The last week? Month?
5: Everything. Charlie, if we don't starve the control worm soon, you... Die. I'm afraid so. Look at the watch, Charlie.
8: I don't want to, Doctor. I don't want to forget about you. You
5: must. Anything that might prompt you to remember today might allow the control worm to survive. Forget.
8: Like I can just do that? Venice, Orson Welles,
5: Kerris... Look at the watch, Charlie. Forget.
8: It won't work. Not on me. It won't.
5: Back and forth to and fro forget
7: forget 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 forget, forget,
5: forget. <gasps> hello
7: Who are you
5: the doctor
8: do i need a doctor
5: the doctor up you get
8: this is a boat
5: headed out of singapore harbor
8: oh no but that's where i'm going Oh, come on, we've got to turn it around. Don't
5: worry, there's an easier way back. There is. I've got a box. Bigger on the inside than the out.
8: How can something be bigger on the inside than on the
5: outside? How? Ah, well, it's complicated.
8: No, 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 no. How?
5: I beg your pardon? That's good, isn't it?
8: Geronimo taught me that.
5: How? Claire, you've got the hang of it already.
8: You've got the hang of it already. No. Something about, um... Mr. Lenin's pajamas. Look at
7: mine,
5: Lenin. Terrible tidywings. The control room, it's gone.
8: You? <laughs> You're the doctor. You might just be the oddest man I've ever met.
5: I don't understand it. Uh, how...
8: Oh, don't start that again. Don't you see? Some things are too good to be forgotten. Tell you what, shall we explore?
5: So where to now, Miss Pollard?
8: Surprise me.
5: The relief of Maffakeem. Hmm,
8: too noisy. The sacking of Londinium.
5: Too much Boudicca. I know, the Jovian fold.
8: Thousand-year carnival. That's the
5: one, Sumeran era dateline 925.3. Oh, you'd love it. Charlie, you're gonna love it, the millennium Mardi Gras, the parties who end all parties. Charlie?
8: Just don't do anything rash, Doctor.
11: Or I'll rip her head off her shoulders. Capiche, Byron? It's Super Byron now. Man, you've no idea how fantastic this feels!
8: And you've no idea how restricting this feels!
11: Sorry, not used to my own strength yet. Better?
8: Oh, marginally.
11: Byron, it was too late to go back for you. Ah, oh, you didn't even try. Fact is, when you sunk the Batavia, that hardly started my conversion. So when I saw the TARDIS door open... I thought, hell, why not? Only stopping for a spot of Matricide. Hey, do you know what that old trout did to my old man? What? Australasian
5: Borges, never mind.
11: Figured I'd be best off sitting here and waiting my chance. After all, if you didn't get things right in the past, I might never get born.
5: Correct?
8: You don't want to mess with the web of time, Byron. The
5: Batavia's out of bounds, if that's what you're thinking. We're not going back there, past, present, or future. Just as well, because that's not where we're
11: going. Got another salvage operation in mind as it happens. You have? In the year 500,002. Byron, that's not clever. Oh, you think? I'm thinking, damaged or no, that cybership is gonna be packed full of technology. That's where the future is, Doctor. Right.
7: Oh,
8: thank you.
11: It's alright. I don't need a hostage.
8: Now he decides.
11: Cause the Doctor's gonna do exactly what I want. Once he's been zapped by this.
5: Byron the Cyber Planner can't help you. It's knackered, demented, kaput. Oh, yeah?
11: I've got these jacks in my head now. And when I plug them in like so... (laughs) I can control your every deed. Good, isn't it?
8: Doctor! Doctor!
11: Forget it. He won't answer to you. Doctor! Doctor! Transmission received. Oh, no! Take us to the year five hundred thousand and two. There's
5: a good fella. I obey magic. Materialization completed. Nice. Doors. Useful
11: to have around, ain't he?
8: You can't just switch him on and off.
11: Of course I can. I can make him dance and jump and sing anything.
8: Oh, and that amuses you, does it?
11: Actually, it doesn't. Must be something to do with a new cyber brain. And seeing as I've now got a pretty good idea how to control your TARDIS, I won't be needing him at all, will I?
3: Don't you dare
8: hurt him. Hurt him?
11: Course not. No more than I'd hurt the toaster when I pulled the plug.
8: No. Doctor, doctor,
3: wake up, doctor!
5: Charlie,
3: uh, don't forget
5: what I what I told.
7: There's no heartbeat, nor here. You killed him.
11: Guess so.
8: Whoops. <laughs> Cybermen. This area is
11: restricted. Not to Cybermen, right? Me and you, we're brothers. This
8: human has been Conversion is incomplete. Abort him. No, wait! He's got your cyberplanner. Is this true? What the hell do you think you're playing at?
3: Release the cyberplanner.
8: No, I have been asked to return the cyberplanner to
3: its, uh... Headquarters? Headquarters. Cyberplanner must be reinstalled in Control Center. Yes,
8: you will escort us there.
3: Then what? Shut Left,
1: right, left, right, hold.
3: Cyberplanner must be reinstalled. Wait. Confirm Cyberplanner not corrupted first. Uh, why should it be corrupted? Cyberplanner last reported in area infected by temporal corrosion. Temporal corrosion might cause total systems collapse. Protocol demands. Cyberplanner must be placed in quarantine. Oh, that'll take too long. Byron, yeah? hit them, will you?
5: Whoa, uh, yeah.
8: Okay, install Cyberplanner um, this bit must go in here, and this bit goes in here. Oh, no, 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 no. it must
3: be in here. Aha! Update. Uh, Cyber planner re-installed in Super Ship 9 frame. Systems check.
11: you boys can't even scratch me.
8: Byron, they've taken your arm off. Oh, yeah. Systems. Faulty. You've got a touch of rust, cyber planner. Oh, no, no. mm-hmm. uh, I can't stop me.
3: I must live at Amphats this year. I'll put on what it's called
11: Amphaticus. Nasty. Oh, man,
8: it's, it's on me now. Oh, it, it hurts. Charlie! Charlie, please! God... Goodbye, Byron. I can't say it's been pleasant. Now you've got to help
7: me!
9: Please! I
3: don't know why you're chasing me. You won't get much sustenance. 2 turn, instruction and survival shift predicted in 60 micro Oh, put a sock in it, 000. Cyberplanner. 57. It's not chasing me. It's after. Oh, no, the TARDIS!
7: Yes, yes, we can make it! No. Oh, a hat's not a cat! Oh,
3: after all, what could possibly go wrong? Fifth date. Prognosis revised. Total systems permits predicted. Stupid, stupid, stupid doctor! No!
5: Where was I? Singapore. Singapore Harbour, Charlie, one minute!
4: No, we have no doubles available. Singles, yes. Oh, snuggle up? Certainly, sir. But that will be at the double rate. Charlie! Charlie!
5: Where's she gone now? Chop!
4: One moment, sir.
5: Shop, shop, shop!
4: I do apologize. Are you a guest, sir?
5: Permanently. I'm the doctor.
4: Yes, of course. I'll just fetch your key.
5: No, 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 I, d- I don't want... Your clocks are wrong.
4: I shouldn't think so, sir. They're beryllium chips.
5: It was midnight just now.
4: It has been a long night, hasn't it? Your key and your bill. Dated back to
5: 1926. Bill. Oh, yes. Um, my head is swimming.
4: I'm sure it is, sir. Security so to reception. Thank you.
5: I've, got uh... cards in here somewhere. Oh. Gold ingot, do you?
4: That'll do nicely, sir. Security, as you were. Do you know, I've
5: absolutely no idea how that got in there. But anyway, I meant to ask, have you seen a girl about so high?
4: Hair? Eyes?
5: Yes, she's got those.
4: Oh, of course. There was a girl left you a message around about midnight. Name all.
5: Charlotte Pollard.
4: Here you are, sir.
5: Dear debtor... Handwriting, Charlie.
8: Dear Doctor, it's been such a long journey for both of us. I never, ever wanted it to end. But end it has. We both know that. Oh, Charlie, no. A long time ago now, I said you were the oddest man I'd ever met. You're that still. You're the best man I've ever met, too. But we've chanced our luck once too often, I think. So I'm bailing out. Escape strategy number five.
5: Number six?
8: I'm going to disappear. There's no freedom like being dead. I can go anywhere. Be anyone I want. Just like a Time Lord, really. Don't look for me. Please. But remember me. I'll remember you. Always. With love. The girl who never was.
4: Sir? Are you all right, Doctor?
5: I'm fine. Here, you can bin that,
4: sir. Are you leaving, sir?
5: You work in a hotel. You should know. Everybody leaves.
8: Memoirs of an Edwardian adventuress continued. When I was a little girl, we stayed a season at Ostend, the can of the North. I'd been reading Treasure Island, and I got it into my head to send messages in bottles off the pier, all with my name and address inside. Hundreds of them. Sent drifting off to who knows where. Spitsbergen, Zanzibar, New Zealand, other places with the letter Z. I never got anything back. Hundreds of bottles. Nothing back. <laughs> what are the chances of that? So here I am, on my own desert island, washed up when the cyber ship broke up. A cast away at last. But I'm sending out my messages still. Never say die. Hm. He'd be so proud of me, the Doctor. I've managed to build a crystal set from the debris, and every hour, on the hour... I tap it out. Dot dot dot, dash dash dash, dot dot dot. Over and over and over. Someone's listening. Somewhere. Dot dot dot, dash dash dash,
9: dot dot dot.
7: <gasps> he's alive! Oh, he's alive!
8: Someone else? Hello, I'm India Fisher, and I play Charlie Pollard. In a nutshell, um, she's quite perky and gung ho. She's up for an adventure, never one to say um, no to stuff, and uh, never phased by things, whether they be Cybermen or Daleks. She's just, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a good girl. I like her a lot. She's um, she's grown up a bit, and like you know, seen a lot more things, and so is less phased, even though I've just said she wasn't phased to begin with. And she's she's learnt about life and sort of love, travelling with the Doctor, really, and the different nuances of that, um, purely platonic, of course. Yeah, I suppose she's just got a bit older and a bit wiser. It was the uh, the death of Keris um, really was what uh, sort of shocked her the most and the Doctor's reaction to that. I think that was her Road to Damascus moment, that this man who she thought really cared for her and was her sort of family and her life actually because he's this time lord and she you know hasn't really taken on board that people come and go in his life is 900 years um that really shook her to the core and that's what made her suddenly realize she can't carry on with this and this was just a fantasy and as she says i think we've ridden our luck one time too many it's beautifully written actually i i really enjoyed playing it it was a yeah a definite sort of absolute scales fell from her eyes moment and she realised that she was sort of kidding herself that this was her life and she could carry on indefinitely with this man. With the whole BBC7 stuff with uh, Sheridan Smith, um, I think they thought, you know, the Charlie and the Eighth Doctor had run its course and um, that's fair enough and it's been a long time since I've been in the studio. It's been two years. I mean, the releases came out last year, I think, but for me, it was um, very strange to be back, really, because it feels as though that chapter has gone long ago but um no they're tying up loose ends 2000 was the first recording but i did my peter Davison in 99 so yeah seven years i know it's quite a scary thought when i realized that this week and uh and i don't know many jobs that uh last for that long really acting wise unless you're on a soap or something so yes it's been an emotional it's an emotional week and i think today will be uh quite a you know it's end of an era but you know all good things have to come to an end and i'm sure everyone's sick to the back teeth of me so it's fine <laughs>
0: My name's Nick Briggs, and in this production, I'm the voice of the Cybermen. Uh, Well, what is the appeal of the Cybermen? (laughs) They're the the second best ever Doctor Who monster, and they certainly are in my mind. That's not to be horrible about them. I'm just mad about the Daleks, obviously. Uh, I think the Doctor, like the Doctor, always has to meet the Daleks. He always has to meet the Cybermen from time to time. And we wanted to um, up the ante for Charlie's last story. So we thought, let's bring in one of the big guns. We'd done an awful lot of Dalek stuff earlier on in the year and also we knew we'd have Dalek Empire, the fourth series of that coming out at uh, th- the end of this year. So we thought we think it's time for the Cybermen to come back and stomp around a bit. Always with the big finish stuff that I have I've had anything to do with with the Cybermen. I've kind of made I've always wanted them to look like the Cybermen from The Invasion, that very simple look but with the big sort of headphones things. And I, I love the simplicity of that design and uh, since last year when we did uh, Human Resources which which came out this, this year on CD um, and in fact on BBC7 early in the year, uh, I, I rather liked the idea of keeping that Invasion look but doing a voice that was a little bit more like the original Cybermen in the Tenth Planet, except that the voice effect is more like the invasion voice effect, and I'm kind of doing the voice deeper. So it's I feel that with the Cybermen, somehow you have licence to develop new ways for them to sound, because they've always, you know, they've hardly ever sounded the same twice. Uh, That's not quite so true in the 80s. But, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to do something new. And, And interestingly, no one has... Particularly reacted to it and said, Well, those aren't Cyberman voices. Everyone seems to accept it. So people, I don't know, it's good, isn't it? Few. The Cybermen always have to come back, although they always seem to be on the brink of extinction. The, the Cybermen are one of the great failure stories in, in Doctor Who monsters, really. They, they're always messing it up and having a hard time. But yes, they definitely will be back. Definitely in the second series of Cyberman. For all those who, who don't like subtlety and mystery, it's the ideal series. It'll be called Cyberman 2, I believe, as well. And that's being written now.
1: I'm Anna Massey and I played Charlotte Pollard. But as you now know, I really played Madeleine Fairweather when old. She's not the nicest person you could meet on this... Face of the earth, but you know she's had a difficult past. She was an amnesiac, and she's been through quite a lot, and she's forgotten all that. And she's quite witty, actually. I think, and but but cold, you know. But there are probably interesting facets about her character for for the, certainly for the listener. I hope. I love it. She's witty. By the time you get to eighty-five, which is what she is, she's thrown censorship out the window. So it's always very enjoyable to play a part like that. You're not reined in by anything. All good characters are interesting to play. I mean, all characters that have flesh and blood on them, you know.
12: My name is Robert Duncan. I play Colonel Borthwick, retired.
6: Robert Duncan is, again, a great voice artist. It's a very tricky double that he has to do in this. He has to play quite a bluff hunting and shooting um, sort of general uh, aristocrat Um, and also then a sort of salty old Dutch sea dog. Uh, and uh, there's another one of those things you think, oh, it's a nightmare to cast, and then suddenly you think, hang on a sec, he's got such a good vocal quality, and he's so brilliant at changing, um, because it's not just about accents when people do different characters on the radio. I think there's a general misconception that it is, you know, they just put on a funny accent or something. It's nothing to do with that. I think it's more where they place the voice within their mouth, and that can make them sound like a completely different person and also one of the good things that that um Robert is is very good at is changing the pace of his delivery so that it does really does not they do not sound like the same people and it's brilliant to have him on board it's incredibly lucky to get him he goes into the west end next week and he just happened to have that day free and i'm just you know I was delighted when his agent said yep he's up for it so again, it does make a difference, even in because they're not the biggest parts in the in the play. But even in in those small parts, if you get a really good actor, they can transform it.
12: Well, he's a plantation owner He's found on this ship. Uh, he's discovered on the ship, and um, obviously the Cybermen are in evidence. And um, <laughs> so he he, he b- believes he's leading the um, efforts to resist them. But um, uh, in the end, he jumps ship almost literally and jumps into a into a rescue boat, and, uh, but it doesn't end happily for well, Col- Colonel Borthwick, not at all. I wanted to come back. I think B- Borthwick should have a series. <laughs> no, but uh, it, no, it's a great character to play. He's like one of those typical buffoons, um, a little gin sozzled, but uh, nevertheless good value. Yes, and, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, uh, he actually recognises a few th- things in his life in the course of the programme that he, he regrets... Uh, the, the whole business of having uh, left Japan before the Japanese got it got there and um, left his uh, wonderful workers to face the consequences where they stole the money and stole uh, all the goodies and ran away. So he kind of feels this is his comeuppance, if you like.
4: The doctor has a permanent suite on floor six. I'm not sure that's him. They say he's had it since 1872.
6: Natalie Mendoza is playing the receptionist. She's a very, very meticulous actress Uh, because in The Girl Who Never Was, she has to do a a Singapore accent. And um, I remember in the script it it describes the character as a Malay um, Sybil Fawlty. And she phoned me up and said, ''Now, do you want Singapore or do you want Malay?'' ''Because they are different.'' So I thought, ''Brilliant.'' Very, very few people are going to realise the difference, but, you know, you're so meticulous about doing that. And she, uh, I'm so delighted that she said yes because um, she's got such a nice, gentle, innocent quality to her voice and she's very good at comedy ones as well. I mean, needed that. And that's a very hard... To get one actress to do both those type of things is very hard and, and Natalie is fantastic at doing that. He's very good. He's very good, Jake. I mean, he's, he's quite quiet and... Uh, polite and unassuming, and yet when you get in the studio and you say, "Right, you've now got to be murdered by some cyberman," he'll scream his head off and shout. And he's got a lot of his—he's inherited a lot of his father's sort of stillness. It's one of the great qualities that Paul has: um, stillness and poise, and not hurrying or rushing things. Um, and you know, he's amazingly talented for someone of his age. That sounds incredibly condescending, and he'll probably thump me if he hears that. Um, we were delighted when Paul said, "You know, Jake might be around uh, that week." I thought, "Great, okay," because there are lots of little bits and part po- bits and bobs that we um, we love uh, to have a different voice for. And Jake, you know, does different accents, does different deliveries, does different performances. Um, so it's brilliant to have him back in. Um, so he said he's going to be poshing up for this one, um, which is good. Be interesting to hear.
12: I've been a fan of Doctor Who for years and years and years, right from the very beginning. So. Um and phrases a mate of mine so uh, yeah I, I i i've seen them all but the, the nice thing is i've never never done one a, a doctor who in my life not even playing a monster and now i get to play at least something in the doctor who series
2: as a child i was i loved doctor who and i've got to say i've been i've been taken i've been i've come right into the new one and i was looking at the scripts uh, looking at, at the at the shows i mean the scripts are amazing uh, but this is my first time, as I say, with the audiobooks. And I've got to say, in my ignorance, I didn't even know that they, they were. But as soon as I mentioned it to a few friends, they said, Oh, yes, we well, haven't heard these books. They're fantastic. So, yeah, it's great. I and mean, I'd love to do more. It's been fantastic. And it's, uh, the, 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 what's
11: lovely about the setup is uh, the people here is that they're all dedicated to the project. They're all fans of Doctor Who. So that enthusiasm and commitment, is, is comes across. It's not cynical, it's not just we're just doing this because it's a way of making you know, doing a job it's it's like a way of life really It's. Well, I said to my daughter, she said, what are you doing today daddy? I said, I'm just going to fight the Cybermen. I said, what? Yes, I'm going to be fighting Cybermen all day She just went eyes to heaven, oh I've heard it all now
0: she said, you know, ten years old oh dear <laughs> Also available from Big Finish, starring Paul McGann and India Fisher, absolution. Absolution absolution,
8: absolution, absolution. 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 Now.
5: What is this place? A laboratory, from the looks of it. The remission of sins granted by a chosen emancipator of the Church of the Foundation. We appear to be standing in the heart of a vast, dimensional probe... An emancipator handpicked from the eutermesan masses and rewarded for obedience and total devotion. I thought I saw something, sir.
6: At the edge of the barrier.
5: One governed by the laws of a timeless universe to which, should he ever leave it, he may never, ever return.
6: There, look. Look. Looks like it's coming this way. Straith? It's one of those
3: black angels. <coughs> This is blasphemy you have betrayed our sacred doctrine your doctrine father not mine
5: switch that off you murderer we played god and it was not our place arrive kill come ah! that's enough carries let them go we're free doctor i can't stop it help me quickly
9: doctor they're dying you're losing
5: control control of what the creature he said i can handle it he was wrong no! No! I
3: won't
0: say. No! No! <laughs> Welcome to hell. Memory Lane.
7: Uh, Can I get your, uh...
5: Excuse me. I was here first. I'm sorry. You go. Can I get a Mr Whippy? With a... a a
10: flake? Yeah, of course. Who has a whippy without a flake?
5: Chocophobics. Imagine that, being afraid of chocolate. That'd be terrible.
8: Dreary street.
5: Why'd you say that?
8: All the houses look the same.
5: (laughs) Welcome to suburbia.
8: No, I mean, they really do look identical. Gardens, curtains, look.
5: Hello? Is there a tall blue box
1: in your house? Not that I know of, dear. Fine, never mind. Don't move. Why not? Because I'm pointing a gun at you. (sighs) Is
5: that a gun?
8: Yes, it is. Yes? Hello. Have you seen me before? I don't think so, dear. And there isn't a police box in your front room? No. Thank you. You've been terribly helpful.
5: What is the most ruthless thing in the bakery? What's a bakery? A teller the bun. (laughs) It's kind of funnier if you knew him
12: Charlie, look These are my astronauts The red one's me, the blue one is Samuel And the yellow one is Kim Oh, is Kim a boy or a
8: girl? I don't know Well, you must have heard the name somewhere before
5: (laughs) just made it up Blue box Pardon, dear? Blue box, tall one
8: I'm afraid I'm not sure what you mean Uh,
5: No good then, forget it Describe it to me again. A sort of tall blue box. Remind
3: me, Lest, why do you feel it's significant? I don't think it's ever been there before.
2: This is a warning for anyone who can beat up. I can't do anything about this. I'm sorry, but I'm about
10: to crash into what looks like a populated area. If anyone gets killed, I'm really, really sorry.
5: Yes, I've seen you on telly.